podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Craig Brown rang me, and then next thing you know, I'm stuck on an M6 on my way from my <laughs> flat to, <laughs> to Preston. Peony Pot. Preston North End Podcast. Welcome to PE Pod, the official podcast of the one and only Preston North End FC. My name's Niall McCorn. And I'm Neil Mellor. We'll be talking to some current first team players. We've got some celebrity North End fans and also some former teammates of mine. You can catch video clips of this podcast on the official Preston North End YouTube channel, but this is the place to listen to the full episodes. So the best way to make sure you don't miss one is to hit subscribe or follow on this podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Mel's, you mentioned former teammates, and one of those is exactly who we're going to be speaking to today. Someone who spent six years at PNE, part of a number of playoff campaigns at Deepdale, and was a proper fan's favourite. Not to mention that both of his sons have been part of the North End Academy as well. So let's hear from legendary French defender Azul Mouene is the next guest on PNE Pod. Yul Moene next to you, yeah. bringing back some memories. Yeah, always happy when he was on my team in, in training <laughs> rather than, than against me. I was a bit clumsy, so you would prefer to be on my team than against me. Did you like training yeah. or not? Yeah, I loved it. I think I was quite a good trainer, probably too much. Probably loved it too much, but um, I got a lot of success, obviously, by, by training hard, improving myself. What was that mentality? Because you're saying you wanted to train hard to take it into the games. Is that something that you were sort of educated with when you were a little bit younger? Yeah, yeah. I think he started young, you know. I mean, uh, grassroots, you, you just do your top-up stuff at home, you know. You do your press-up before you go to bed, just that type of stuff, basically. <laughs> people don't know, but you do those things. And then... Uh, and then I didn't do press-ups up. before hey, bed. Did you not press-up? Did no. you do sit-ups or nothing? No. Oh, my days. Is that a French How thing How did you not? make a career? Yeah, maybe, maybe, but... Um, yeah, I just looked to just always develop myself, push myself. Uh, I was always keen to find out uh, what they're doing to get better, what he's doing to get better, you know. I was training after game on Sundays, you know. Uh, stuff that people don't see, obviously. And some stuff were a bit stupid as well when you look at the state of my knee now and then obviously during my career. But, um, you know, you're just, just looking to... Um, to invest on yourself a little bit and get better. I think that's one thing I'd say about Yuli, the ultimate professional. Now, now the fans will see Yuli in the games, don't really see him in, in the training like like we used to, but yeah, the ultimate professional. And is that something that you you sort of learn to be or is that something that followed you throughout your career, obviously in France to start with and then Derby and then before you arrived at Preston North End? Yeah, I think it's. I think it was probably a little bit in me. Um, I always like working hard. BOCD, like my programming, like my stuff. I mean, uh, unfortunately, I had bad injury really young. What was that? What injury was it? It was lower back. I had a stress fracture on the lower back. I suffered from patella tendinitis for uh, five, six years until I got surgery. Same injuries as me, by the way. I I had a stress fracture because of all the tennis I played. And then patella tendonitis as yeah, well. Yeah. So those so, press ups uh, before bed didn't really make any difference. No, is that no, what you're saying? No, <laughs> <laughs> no but uh, they sent me to a rehab center in France at the time. I was in Lance, young player for the stress fracture. And then uh, you working really hard. You're there from morning, eight o'clock. You start, you finish at five. 
and you don't feel sorry for yourself because there's with you there's people who are accident from the road and things like that people who never walk and so when you look at it you go well can't complain here you know i need to crack on and so uh working with lads in who work in athletics as well start to look at what they were doing program over the summer for example summer was was my preferred time because i could control everything about my preparations which as a team you can't really do that and so um and so I'll have three weeks of really, really hard running, you know, and I like to compete. I felt that I needed all the time to prove a point as well, which is sometimes not, not very good things, you know, I think to always prove, prove people wrong and that, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I love training. I love training. And, um, and at Preston, we had a good group for that. Lads were, were hungry for a tough session. So, uh, so it was good. He hasn't lost his accent. Has he? How long have you been in England now? <laughs> for me, I sound just like you, but it's only when I will Trust listen. Me down. <laughs> it's only when I will listen after when yeah. I'm thinking, Jesus, I sound French. Yeah, you, do. you know, so, but, uh, no, I'm trying it's to. It's been here 20 years. How long have you been here? Longer than that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've spent longer in England than I've spent in France now. Cause I came over, I was a 20 year old, a young 20 year old, 19, 20 year old. Could you speak English before you came? Not really, no, no. I could read. I think I could speak, but uh, not really. And understand people, the pace of the talking. But I picked it up quite quickly, so... Why uh, did you decide to come to England? Because your first move was Derby. You said that your first club in France was Lens. Why English football when obviously you had a chance of making a career in France? I don't know, really. (laughs) I actually don't know, but it's just one of those things that happens. Obviously, at the time, the Premier League started to take over. Uh, I remember playing with Olivier Dacour, who just got back from Everton back to France. And at the time, in the changing room, what players talk about is, listen, the standards of Lens was really good. It was top, top standards because they'd won the league in 98, won the League Cup mm-hmm. in 99. And in around that generation, they're playing European football, which got me my big break, basically. And so, um, and so you just, every, in the changing room, the last talked about it, you know, they said, oh, what was he like, Everton? What is he like in England? Oh, what, what do you do? And then when you watch the Premier League at the weekend, you go, this is a place to be, you know. Uh, when an opportunity came, uh, after having played against Arsenal at Highbury, you don't really think about it, you know, you just go for it and then you'll work it out after, basically. And, uh, and that was it. I remember he came, he came about, it was so quick, so sudden, but next thing you know, I'm in Derby in, in a hotel there with my, with my bag, with my dad. And then my dad left me and that was it. I'm still here now. <laughs> so, have you still so got the same bag? He <laughs> <laughs> <It> probably has. <laughs> you must have had some options. I mean, you, you obviously highly thought of as a, as a young French defender. Was it just Derby or was it maybe sniffs from other clubs? No, no. I think, I think at the time the way of the, the boss man rule, quote me if I'm wrong, meant that in France, you can only sign for the club where you've done your academy, not of the French clubs. And at the time, went to Lens five years earlier, Rennes, which is a club from Brittany, not far where I'm from, were potentially interested. And so five years later, Rennes was a big club for, uh, for uh, promoting youth academy, uh, Frank Sylvestre. There were a lot of young players who went through the ranks at Rennes and it was a kind of a club seen as, you know, good for youth. Um, and I remember at the time we talked about, 
I played toward this season. Not many games, but I played. I wasn't a regular, but I showed probably enough, but probably not enough to start. I remember thinking that I could take a third, maybe fourth spot. But when I saw the new manager coming in Lens with his signing, there were no room for me. So it was either a loan to a French club or potentially going using that bossman. And so, um, and so the two clubs in England were Derby and Blackburn Rovers, who were at the level below at the time. And I remember thinking for me, no, 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 it's a Premier League and nothing else. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to know about anything else, you know, but, um, but it was a shock to the system, you know. North End fans have been made up. You've turned Blackburn down there, by the way. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he was, hey, he might have been Graham Sunez. I don't know. He might have been Graham Sunez was the manager. And I remember it was the two options were on the table. You know, hey, listen, what happened is an agent came, says, oh, I've got this, I've got that. You, you've no idea. You go, well, let's just go for the biggest one, basically. I love my time at Derby. It was hard to start with. I came and it took me, it took me six months to really adapt the language, the food, I mean, come on. What's not Greeks and what's not to like, isn't it? Out for some drinks uh, after with the lads, or was that not no, a thing? No, no, no. I, I didn't drink till I was about 28. I didn't touch probably any alcohol till I was 28. It wasn't my culture, basically. So I would go out and show my face and that, but it just wasn't something I would do. And the lifestyle was just like, and I understood then why so many player wants to join is because the football, the passion, football is a religion in these countries, religion, Liverpool, religion, Everton, religions, Manu, you know, and, but every club's like that and Derby was no different. And so Derby would be more of a town, but even more when they used to send us young players to the social clubs and Belpairs and Ashbournes and all that, you felt part of a big, big family, really. You know? Was that not a religion for you growing up then? Did you go and watch a team in France who, yeah, who, who so you were supported? Not as much. I got to be honest. Yeah, no, I think France is a club where there's a lot of different sports. You've got basketball, handball, you've got, you've just got different choices. Rugby is big in certain areas of France, a lot bigger than, 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 than football cyclist or uh, is, is something than traditional to French, uh, to French people as well. And so, um, and so for us, my club was my hometown car. And then the club I played for was Lens, which is really the club who got me going, basically. But I didn't feel that Lens probably slightly different because Lens is a minus club. Saint-Étienne, they've got history. And there's a few special clubs like that in France where um, fans are long-term fans of it. Like in England, where your dad's follow, he's taking you from the day you can walk. That's going to be your club for your life. And... There's limited clubs like that in France. Lens is probably one of them. Saint-Étienne is one of them, you know. But here, it's the country of football, obviously. Four years at Derby, you, and then you left in the summer of 2004. You actually went on trial at Wolves, played three games, but then decided to sign for PNE. Why did you choose North End? Yeah, do you know what? It's another one, you know. Uh, one day you're here, another day you're there, and you just gotta, you just got to get on with it and crack on, you know. Um club got relegated in the end and the year after they were in, they were in playoff semis against Preston and so that year we were sit down we are meant to sit down again to go through the contract renegotiate da 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 player of the year be good to stay visa now big ambition and so what happened is, is and they decided to go one road and then they left me with nothing basically you know and so uh, I remember 
going to Leicester that summer, going to Wolves. And then at Wolves, they were dragging and dragging their feet over the contract. Uh, wait, and you'll get this, you'll get that. And then sometimes you just go, do you know what? And then I got a, a phone call from uh, from Brian, Brian O'Neill, you know. And uh, if they had lost a centre-back, they just needed one more in their rotations. Then Craig Brown rang me. And then next thing you know, I'm uh, I'm stuck on an M6 on my way from my <laughs> flat to... <laughs> I'm stuck on an M6 for three hours on my way to Preston. Tickle trot, went there. The next morning, I'm there, signed a contract, and then that was it. But that was, that was literally that quick, basically. Do you remember your debut for Preston? I think we played Blackburn in a wrong, friendly. Wrong, it's wrong, not Blackburn wrong. in no, a friendly. No, friendlies don't count. Who's your debut? They don't count. No. It's not Watford, is it? Watford. This is Watford. I didn't think you'd know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be Watford one-one. Shandai, I remember. No, you won the game two-one. No, but I've got really bad memory of of most of the game for me. They're very blurry. There's very there's there's nothing I can I can get because uh, I was quite intense. And sometimes, I, even after on a changing room, I'll be sat there thinking, "Wow, what's just happened?" You know. So um, you missed the winning goal that day. Did I? Well, you just said one all. One yeah, two. was one all. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. It was <laughs> check, man. Check it oh my So yeah. So and then the rest obviously is uh, six years of uh, ride ups and down playoffs campaigns, and then uh, overall a pretty good time at Preston. Yeah. P and E Pod, your regular deep dale deep dive. Subscribe now and never miss a show. P and E Pod, the official podcast of the one and only Preston North End. I wanted to ask you about what happened in pre-season one year at Deepdale, Manchester United with the opponents and you got injured in pre-season. Yeah, that's up there as one of the lowest, I think. Obviously, listen, I've made mistakes in game. I've given pains in, in big games. Let's not go there. Blackpool at home. And so, yeah, we're playing Man United, the last pre-season friendlies before the end of the start of the season. I think we had playoff a year before. I can't remember. Yeah, we had two years of back-to-back playoff. There's a new coach. I think that was Paul Simpson's first year. And so at Preston, unfortunately, over those years, we lost two or three very important guys every year. But you're just ready to go, basically, and then, and then crack on. But um, uh, yeah, when you, when, you, when, you, when you look at the pain, the knee, the state of the damage, and you, you realize when your season see you next year, it's like... It is a bit of a blow, really. Um, again, fortunately, listen, I'm so, I talk about those things, but I'm generally so grateful for everything that's happened to me because I, I was, I'm not meant to be here today. I, I wasn't meant to be there. The way I dealt with it is I went back to France, surgery in Paris, because they'd done my surgery previously. So they knew the stuff they couldn't took. Uh, <laughs> they couldn't took pieces from that to there to, to build, to rebuild, whatever, what to be built, you know. And so, um, and again, I went to a rehab center in the Southwest coast, you know, uh, lovely people, um, multi-sport athlete, you know, athlete from every sport, handball, basketball. And when you look at the guys and then, you know, van, they fund, they fund that themselves or they have to go to work. And then this, you, you put things in perspective a little bit and then you think, well, I've got no rights to complain here. I need to get back to my best as quick as I can. 
you would agree with me. I was oh. injured at the same time because I, I, I knew he was injured. I remember and everyone was saying what a great player he was, but obviously the team couldn't get him out there. And, mm. and Preston had a good season. I, I mean, up to the, the, the January that season, that was Paul Simpson's first season, top of the table. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up finish, finishing seventh. But like you said, there been a couple of champ, uh, playoff campaigns before that. Preston were at mm-hmm. a top championship mm. side and, and, and Yuli was a, one of the best at the halves in the championship at that time and, and so that was a big blow f- for Preston to miss in that season and, and it was the whole season wasn't it it was just a, a whitewash basically but those type of injury there's uh, sometimes consequences to it so when you miss 12 months you're not expected to play 45 games the, the, the season after that's where it becomes hard and I remember over those years the I started to, you know, like uh, flying over to Southampton, landing, the knees swelled up. You're going, wow, I'm meant to play tomorrow. But were, you, were you on that flight to Southampton? Who turned around and yeah. dropped in the button. So, so on that. <laughs> so, we flew to Southampton, which is a tough away game, isn't it? And uh, it must have been a time when the weather wasn't great. So whatever time of year it was, it, whenever it was, we, we've flown from Manchester. So we've trained, got to Manchester Airport, flown down to, to Southampton. <laughs> ready to land at whatever time it was, six o'clock. As we're coming in to land, the, the pilot goes, um, no, we, we can't land. We're going to turn round and we're going to either land in Birmingham or go back to Manchester. And everyone's like, well, let's go to Birmingham. Because it saves two hours on the M6. So anyway, so he, he comes back on. He goes, right, we decided to go back to Manchester. About Mental. to land. He's Mental. turned it down, gone all the way back to Manchester. We've Got, got back to Manchester Airport. Mental. The team bus is there. Takes us then on the coach all the way down to Southampton. We get to the hotel in Southampton about one in the morning. The lads are absolutely knackered. We ended up playing the next day. 90th minute winning goal. So nil, nil to the 90th, 90th minute. <laughs> 90, 90th minute. Do you know who scored it? Little Louis Neal. Preston yeah, won one nil away. Fair play. So there you go. We won one nil. Do you remember who scored that? Or not? No, I don't. no, I don't. <laughs> but talking of coming back, your your season after you recovered from that ligament damage, you scored three goals, got two assists, played thirty eight games. That season, I've whipped it off my memory because it's up there as one of my worst. I felt like the goals for me obviously wasn't a thing because I wasn't a prolific uh, uh, header of a ball on set pieces. Um, but that season really was tough. So that's over as one of my worst, I think, in terms of personally, kids were born, Noah, Theodore, and the team, the team had changed as well. Like the team makeup had changed, you know, where it was, a, we had a lot of old school type players when I came. And then we had a lot of uh, young players around, you know, a lot of young players. So my role had started to change a little bit where I was a little bit more of a, like the old head, basically. And trying to help out, like I remember Sunset Leisure and obviously was, was started to come through now and that and so, uh, but that year for me was, uh, it wasn't a pleasant one. I don't think our results were great this year. What, where did we finish that season? I think that was when Irvine came in, didn't he? Yeah. We were at the bottom of the table, Chris, uh, New Year's Day. Got to be at Sheffield Wednesday. It might be We bad. ended up staying up in the end. Males who returned that season, how many appearances that year, Males? Me, not many. Yeah, but that was probably that was probably good because when I look at the 38 games at... You think you played too many games that I played season? Too many, for me, it looked like there were no quality in my game. Like, I don't remember a game where I was like 
dominant like I would have a couple of years before, right. physically, technically dominating the strikers. Was that the, se- was that the season of the penalties then that you gave away? I think it might be. You know? <laughs> he won't let <laughs> this go, by the way. Be, this penalty know? that you gave away, you ruined the Christmas do. No, do you know what? I ruined think the Christmas do that. I did, I did. I ruined, I ruined my own Christmas do, you know. Everyone's uh, Christmas do. No, I know, I know. You owe Neil Mello a Christmas myself. party. I think it might be that season, you know. Yeah, I think, I think it, it was. might be. I think it was, yeah. Because um, I was going through, like I said, you know, it just wasn't easy that year, you know, and then uh, you try and force things. I wasn't one to try and... Forgive you now. I forgive you now. <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't one to relax when things got tough. I would kind of like uh, bite the teeth and try and force it. And sometimes that just doesn't work. Sometimes you do have to be patient and let things go a little bit. And I think that's something I've learned, obviously, through the career, through my career is, is that, um, if you're going to force things, you're going to end up, you're going to end up hurting yourself, you know, and onto your performance. What managers did you like at Preston? I, I loved it under Billy Davis. I think the way he changed the training and now uh, were great, you know, and I know Vine from a personal level because from a human side of things, it's someone you could connect. But again, Craig, who, who, who brought me to the club, just a fantastic guy from to like, uh, I, I was I was really saddened early on the, the, the year to obviously hear he's, he's not with us anymore. But just uh, like I said, I'm so grateful from all the coaches I had. Preston at Derby, there's definitely a few. When I look back in Lance, Daniel Leclerc, I need to mention, you know, Coach Leclerc, I, w- I wouldn't be here without him. Uh, Jim Smith, another one, I wouldn't be here without him. Craig Brown, I wouldn't be here without him. Yeah, so I've been really fortunate. I was wondering because the game's changed, doesn't it? In terms mm-hmm. of de- goalkeepers, defenders play out from the back. Whereas back, back sort of when you came to England, it was get rid of that ball, get it in the channels. And sort of that was maybe a message maybe you would give them more or, or, or maybe not. Maybe you were asked to get on the ball what? a little bit. It, it actually depends, you know. When I started to break into the first team in France, if I had an opportunity to chase the ball and pass it to the players and decided to hoof it, I would probably been have been dragged out after two or three times, basically, because one of the star strikers or, or Olivier Dacour would have gone, look, coach, if he's going to do this and not going to be brave to get on the ball, get rid, basically. And so at the time, the standards of training in France was really high. It was really, really high. You know, you couldn't afford to, to miss pass. Uh, you know what Liverpool, why it's like when, you, when you're training properly. You can't miss pass, uh, pass simple passes. And, um, unfortunately, moving to the Premier League at Derby, where we were at, where Derby were at the time, was a step down in, co- in training, in training methods and in training in general. Now, um, Jim Smith, I think in the team of coach, Jim Smith, obviously a fantastic guy, maybe not a modern coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Randy, Steve Rand was a young coach, 28. He only started to take over after Steve McLaren's gone mm-hmm. to Man United. And so I remember on when you talk about hard work, but on the Wednesday off, after two weeks, I remember going in and training on my own, throwing cones because I'm on a bench at the weekend, not doing anything Thursday. I'm not well, very light Thursday, Friday, Leo, Leo Rondos, and now Saturday, I'm on the bench or on the stand, Sunday, nothing, and then, and then so on. And what saved me that year is actually uh, the reserve league on Monday night. The Monday night reserve league actually saved me from, uh, from losing all my fitness, everything. Mm-hmm. You're six years at North End, playoffs three times. We've got to talk about that. 
What do you remember of the playoff games? Because you played in pretty much every single one of them, the full 90. Mm. Well, there's the one in Sheffield. What do you remember of that? Uh, Should never else? have lost. There's nothing game. I see, I don't remember. I don't remember much. I'll talk about Cardiff after, but the last one was Sheffield in 2008 or something. Mm. I think it's just nothing in the game. You won nul up at home at Deepdale. You come back out, it's 1-1 for no reason. Parky at the post. and then We should have won that game. We were better than them. And it, was, it would have been Burnley in the final. And we just yeah. beaten them like about six weeks before. Yeah. So we could have got the better of them. Should have gone up like, yeah. Yeah, and I remember away, this 0-0 halftime, could go either way. They scored a wonder goal. Yeah. And then I think it might be Billy who had a chance or something like that. 90th on. minute, Billy Jones off the line in front of the away fans, North End fans. So it would have gone <laughs> to extra time. I remember it because that was the moment, wasn't it? Were you thinking that was the equalising goal? What about the other two? Because that was the one I was involved in. West Ham was the first one my first year. And, and uh, we'd gone through a bit of a rough start and now um, of the season. Result one great. Eventually, I think Billy Davies took over that season, tweaked a few things and got massive buying. The, 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 the lads bought into him massively. Uh, and, and, and the team was, the team was excellent. We really, really had a top, top team. Uh, we beat West Ham twice that year and then, and then stumbled in a final, really, where again, it was a bit of a nothing game, a roasting hot atmosphere and now. Uh, packed with obviously Preston West Ham fans, um, and and not much in the game really. But I don't remember us creating too much. So there were a few things leading into the game where you're like, mm, when you look back, you go, okay. Uh, I think we had what did we had? We had uh, we had something like Nuge was sick. Eddie Lewis had an appendix. So is it is it Eddie? Yeah, maybe Eddie Lewis had an appendix surgery two or three weeks. We weren't sure if he was going to start. Um, what else? Well, yeah. So Paul McKenna had ripped his hands as well. He had he had placed his stitches the night before. Yeah, um, Brian's kid fell under uh, uh, under like a piece of wood in a hotel at in, in Celtic <laughs> Manor, and you just go, you know, but uh, but. <laughs> It just probably wasn't the time, but uh, the, the thing I would say is this: is, is that those games sometimes you have to approach them with a little bit of a, a little bit of arrogance, borderline. You know, you don't want to underplay yourself. I feel sometimes, you know. And at the time, Preston, we looked at West Ham, we looked at those clubs, and now, but you, you, you there on merit. You deserve to be there, and mm. so. You've got nothing to fear, really. And you want to respect the opponent, but not more than, you know, and I felt that uh, West Ham had a little bit of arrogance and now that they potentially could win on bits of talent here and there. And that was the difference, really, for us, you know. So, and then the year after, Leeds, Leeds was a similar thing. Leeds was a similar thing. You get one up at, at Ellen Road. Finish 1-1 with then Eddie Lewis and Cresswell praying for Leeds, you know, and so a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of crossover and that. And then, um, and then at Deep Dead, it was just a disaster, basically, where we were chasing the game. I remember Sean Gregan was outstanding that day. Just, just he had, he had Danny G show and we played four striker that day, but he had Danny G show and, and whoever else was there in, in, in his back pocket. And then you just go, oh, 
it's not going to be our time again. But, um, but you don't have any regrets or anything about how it turned out or no moments where you think, I wish I could go back and do it differently? Not really, not really, because at Cardiff, you look at it, you go, you can only look at the game. Yes, you win a header, you slip, you know the score, you, you know, you look at the details of the game and now, but in the end, you know, you, you give as much as you get. Um, you try and be honest with your teammates, honest with yourself, and then, and, and obviously respect the shirt, respect the fans, basically. And then, um, in the end, sometimes, yes, you, you, you're failing, and I'm saying that with hundreds of brackets, but, um, you know, you, you hope that you leave the club in, in a better state for, for the next generation, for the kids coming through, for the rest, and then you go, do you know what? I've done what I could. Here's a baton. Good luck, basically, you know, and, uh, mm. and that's it. And then, and, but, you know, fans were brilliant. I thought at the time, you know, uh, we got, of momentum and now uh, it fell a bit flat you know but um you know i wouldn't change much obviously in terms of work you can control as well there's little you can control sometimes so yeah well talking of handing over the baton and youngsters coming through <laughs> you'll notice that there's a spare chair and microphone next to you <laughs> and your son noah is with us today so come on in noah come and join the podcast oh my days <laughs> now whilst you get yourself settled in there noah that must be pretty proud for you you'll to be able to see your two sons both in the Preston Academy and doing so well yeah yeah listen uh, I'm, I'm buzzing because uh, I'm happy for them first because they love football and from the edge they could walk they kicked a bat they, they, they were broken glass windows they were <laughs> kicking my plants I was trying to grow grass no point trying to grow grass we put some astroturf <laughs> instead uh, you know we got them at a tech ball in the back garden and now like so because in the in the summer when you work into football you can't really have a proper holidays but you know uh, I'm, I'm happy for them because ultimately that's their passions and like I was as a young lad and now um, you just want to invest time on your passions you know P&E Pod, the official Preston North End podcast. P&E Pod, subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. What age was Noah when he thought, got a chance? I don't know, you either ask him that. No, what, no, but you're watching him. I don't think like that, me. I don't, I don't say he's got a chance. I just feel that, um, to, I mean, to start with, I remember... No, our kids were playing local grassroots. And then Noah, I remember, he, he grassroots, you train once a week, you play once a week, the rest you kick about at school and now. And so I remember one, one, one year thinking, you need to train more, basically, you know, because uh, one time it's just not enough. And then I took him. I took him, spoke to Livy at Preston. I said, hey, uh, I don't want it to be a big deal. I just want him to train with better players and now. Wow. And then I remember, and then and it's nighttime in winter and I'm driving in and now. And it's about that size. <laughs> but it's just like, oh my God, I'm going to train with Preston. I'm going to train with Preston. Oh my God, what is it going to be like? What is it going to be like? You know? And then after I was like, oh, dad, he was so good. Oh, dad. <laughs> but, and, 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 this is, and this is football and this is your religion here in England is football. 
every kid's here. They want to play football. They want to play for their local club. And so the rest, I think bit by bit, you see some of this stuff, you go, oh, it's not bad. Actually, that's good. That, oh, wow, that's good. And that, but and there's still a long road sometimes as well, you know, like, so. I've always found that interesting though, because Mel's, you came from a football family. Yeah. Noah, you've watched your dad play for North End over the years. Did that make you want to play football more? Not really. Because really, my dad sells holidays. I've never once been interested <laughs> yeah. in being a travel agent. But when your dad's a footballer, it's different, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I kind of just played as a kid and I enjoyed playing it. That, that was it at grassroots level at Preston. Even now, that's, that's probably why I want to try and make it. So it wasn't because of... I saw my dad playing football or, or whatever, but I did see things like day to day where it's like, right, this is what I'm going to have to do to get to this level because I can see it. And I'm living with someone who's a professional even now because, yeah. you know, you still see it. So, you know, it's, I take things, but maybe without realizing sometimes. And yeah, no, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Did you feel extra pressure? Cause, cause my dad was a professional as well. Did you see, okay. So did you see him play or not? My old, I never saw my old man play. He, he, so he'd retired. So he'd retired. He and I was looking away because I had an older brother who was eight years older. Yeah. He wasn't very good. So, so, but he had all the pressure. Yeah. Of, of course that, because he, he was, his dad was a player. He's going to be a player. He's going to be a player. And he, he never was. But I was. So I never felt that, that pressure like he did. So to you, did you feel that pressure a little bit because your dad had been a player and, and everyone was thinking, oh, you're going to be a good player. Did you feel that growing up or not? No, not at all. Not not even once. It was just more of just finding the enjoyment and, and that was it. Yeah, I like, think the thing is, in our aspects, everyone is slightly different because you're talking more about personality, characters, characters. There's an expectation know. in England. If your dad's been a player, he's going to be good. Yes. You'll see it all the time. So, so there would have been an expectation with uh, if they seen you watching, they oh, his lad's going to be good. So I know, the, 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 I know, but it's also your characters. Yeah. I feel that Noah as a person is someone that takes things with a pinch of salt, basically, and is, is quite good at that, where it doesn't get forced too much sometimes. And, and sometimes this, because of his personality, this stuff that he doesn't probably realize as well, which is a good strength sometimes. In a way, it gave me confidence. Yeah. So did that give you confidence? Because yeah. I thought, well, it's in my blood. So did that give you confidence? No, it gives me more, more confidence than anything. Why are you laughing? Like, no, 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 does, no, no I'm listening, I'm listening. <laughs> no. Can you find Rosie then if she's in your gene? <laughs> you can. I can. <laughs> no, but it does give me more confidence because like, and it takes pressure off almost because I'm living with someone who's actually done it and actually been at a club where I am now and knows what it takes. So, you know, you just follow instructions the best you can and then you take bits here and there and, and try to find your own way. Do you have a favourite PE player of all time? Because it'd be quite funny if it wasn't your dad. <laughs> no. no, honestly, no. I, uh, I, can't, I can't even remember the games I used to go to as a kid. It used to be for my birthday dinner once, once a year. I used to go and watch. Once again, that's what you let him come to. No, but to be fair, they, they saw me play. They were on a pitch at the end of the season, me walking with them too, basically. Well, so, how old were you when, when you were at Preston? You must have been really young. Then. 2005, yeah. so 2005. You so. left in 2010, so yeah, yeah you must so have been. So it was four or five. So yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone's responsible for their own actions. We, I can only support and go, look, don't fall in that trap. Trust me, I fall in that trap. It's not worth it, you know. 
but ultimately every you've got to be your own man you know mm. and so you get judged on your own actions you don't carry uh, your descendancy on your shoulders you know what they've done is what they've done i feel like you're quite a humble person anyway though you you i read that you went to the village in africa where your father was from yeah, and you gave out yeah. some kits and things <laughs> like that so yeah I think obviously, listen, we all carry an heritage and we try and give a good representation of the people who've been there before us. Just same like when we wear a shirt, you wear the badge, there's a lot of people behind, you know, there's a lot of people who support from near or far, you know, there's people paying their tickets to come and watch. And so you have to empty the tank for those guys, you know, and in terms of your behavior, listen, it's not always easy. But you try and behave in a way that you think that people will be proud of your behavior. And sometimes you make mistakes and then you fall and you bounce back. Yeah. So there's nothing special. There's nothing special to it. My life was simple. I'm so grateful for my life. I had two parents. My parents, they give, uh, I didn't have much at home, but they love me. They love my brothers, three of us. We were up to no good from the, <laughs> from the, the morning to the evening. And so there's nothing, there's nothing I missed really in my youth and how I grew up. And so for me, it's just a case of uh, like the modern, like what I call the pitfall of a modern life in football. There's a lot of pitfall. There's a lot. And I'm not one to say it was better before and this and now, but because today some great kids are there, you know, and it's not easy for them. It's just a start for you though as well. Debut against Blackburn, couple yeah. of championship appearances. That's class, that. No, I can't, I can't complain. It's definitely like the right steps I want to take to where I want to get to, especially by the end of the year. I tried to think not to, I don't, I don't want to think too much of it because it's obviously experiences that, you know, any player can get. And that's the message I've been told, especially by, by my dad. It's like, listen, anyone can get a debut. It's, you know, how you react after that you know your second third appearance and so on and you know my goal is to just keep building keep getting better as a player as a person and hope that I can maybe nick a few more appearances by the end of the year debut big word in football is it tell, yeah. tell us about it. Well, well it is it's, it's a special yeah, moment well, yeah. so tell us about that debut who was there how did you find out about the debut well it was um I played a youth cup game midweek and I came off, I think, in the 60th minute, which I don't normally come off. I usually play, you know, all the games. And so I had a little feeling like, oh, I knew the first team had a few injuries. And then my brother was on the bench as well at the time, I think. And he had told me like, oh, I heard the gaffer say like, you're traveling tomorrow. And I was thinking, okay, okay. Like I started to get excited and things. And uh, obviously Blackburn was like such an amazing moment in the atmosphere just everything about it. It was freezing cold, but that was like unbelievable. Yeah, some game to start in. Big yeah. win as well. Yeah, it was crazy. And then like, I was, I kept looking up at the clock while I was warming and I, I was told to stay out and things. And, and you have a little feeling when, you, when you're told to stay out. And then obviously the gaffer calls me over and things and he's ready to put me on. Like the time's ticking. So I think it's like three added minutes and things. And we're in the third added minute and I'm hoping to like get up and the fourth officials, you know, taking a time with the, with the board and I'm like, oh no, I'm not going to get on it. But I, did, I didn't get a kick. I got 50 seconds, I think it was in the end or something like that on the pitch and I can't complain. I think like when the gaffer throws you out there because you're falling off or something like, so you, think, you, you didn't get a kick. Thank you. Not many, no, not many I, players I make a debut and don't get a kick. I was trying to look at the... Uh, Does that count as a debut? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I'm his dad and so like, like as a dad, he can always do better. 
<laughs> so so good luck to him basically well it's been great to have you both with us on the podcast bit of a Moene legacy on the cards here Mel's I think absolutely yeah maybe he might score more goals than his dad you've only got eight to beat maybe so. I know. <laughs> good luck P&E Pod the official podcast of Preston North End find us wherever you listen to podcasts just search P&E Pod Podcast Network.